Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. I'm Devin Kadiyama, and you're listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. A lot of eligible people in the Bay Area have gotten the COVID-19 vaccine, but we still haven't vaccinated enough people to stop the more contagious Delta variant from spreading. Public health officials are really trying to get folks to get their shots so that we don't end up in a situation like we were last winter. Today, the race to prevent another surge of COVID in the Bay Area. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. It wasn't that long ago, you know, what, maybe six weeks ago when the economy was reopening and infectious disease experts that I talked to felt really optimistic and it really felt like a totally different time. Leslie McClurg is a reporter for KQED Science. And then this very transmissible, highly contagious Delta variant hit and has spread like wildfire since since then. And it's just totally turned everything on its head. It's pretty scary how fast things are changing. In the Bay Area, you know, rates are doubling every few days. So the situation on the ground, we went from no cases to several places in the Bay Area where hundreds of people are testing positive every day. And this increase is also why we're seeing stuff like an indoor mask mandate in seven Bay Area counties, which happened this week, plus the city of Berkeley, right? Exactly, because we don't know if it is more potent than the original strain, but anecdotally, doctors are seeing that. They're seeing cases that are more serious, especially in younger people, which is pretty scary. 
if you're not vaccinated, I would be worried. Even those of us who have had their shots are able to, to spread this. And Kaiser Health Foundation came out with a study that says about 1% or less than 1% of vaccinated people may end up with a breakthrough infection. But when you look at, so 162 million of us have gotten our vaccines, that means a million and a half people are still potentially spreading this thing. I had three people outside of my reporting that that got it, you know, a, a neighbor, a doctor, uh, and a friend's kid. And so this thing is is unfortunately affecting all of us. So why is it still really important for people to get vaccinated, even though it's also true that vaccinated people can get COVID? Some doctors I've heard, you know, describe it as like, this is the difference between a life and death illness and a cold. And so if you're going to get a cold, that's a lot better, right? Also, just from a public health standpoint, you don't want to be a vector. So even though I've been vaccinated, my two-year-old has not been vaccinated. So I don't want to get her sick. And I definitely don't want to get her grandmother sick. Well, at this point in the pandemic, what do vaccination rates look like in California and in the Bay Area? Right. So across the state, it's about 62% of folks have had at least one shot. Um, the rates in the Bay are, are quite strong. Uh, Marin County is leading at about 78% of their residents have at least one shot. And Solano County is at kind of the back of the pack with about 59% of its residents having at least one shot. But across across the Bay Area, it's, it's, it's looking quite good. You know, a lot of the counties are up above 70%. Still, with some of these vaccination rates, like with Marin being in the high 70s, these, these aren't enough to stop what's happening with the Delta variant. That's what's so sobering. These vaccines... Some of the strongest vaccines that have ever been created on the planet, they're still not 100%. And because of that, and because this variant is so strong, it is sneaking through. The takeaway is, we've got great rates, we're doing good here, and it's still not good enough. Let's talk a little bit about what this looks like for healthcare workers. What's happening in hospitals and in ICUs right now? It's changing so fast. I think we just thought maybe we were done with it and that we could move on and, and do other things. So I talked to a doctor named Dr. Nicole Braxley in Sacramento. And when I talked to her a couple weeks ago, she said, yeah, patients are trickling in. There's a few every day. And that was you know a few weeks before that. She didn't have any. We'll be at our department meetings and I'll, I always, you know, I have now the section that's like COVID updates and oh man, they used to be like pages and it would just be the whole meeting would be talking about the COVID updates. And then there was this brief time where it was like COVID updates, none. And everyone's like, yay, let's talk about something else. And now it's like, oh, okay guys, COVID updates again. Sorry. They are seeing younger patients than they've seen in earlier waves, but it, they're older patients as well. And she works in an area that is the vaccine rates are not very high. And so she is dealing with a lot of patients who are really regretful because they get there, they're sick. Maybe they just hadn't had time to get the vaccine or maybe they were, you know, vaccine hesitant or, or anti-vax, whatever. But they get really sick and they're like, can you give it to me now? And she says it's really heartbreaking to be like, no, I'm sorry. I, I get pretty sad that now we're in this situation and, and you can't go back, right? It's too late. Like the decision's already been made and the damage is done. And so now we just have to admit the patient and hope for the best. And this is true, like I said, in Sacramento, San Francisco, the current hotspot is L.A. I happened to 
call a doctor down there last week who is an ICU doctor who I've been tracking throughout the pandemic. She was super busy, kind of even said she was drowning in patients that day, all whom have COVID. And that just wasn't true, you know, a month ago. Dr. Braxley's in Sacramento County, and you mentioned a healthcare worker in LA who has a lot of COVID patients as well. Is the situation similar here in the Bay? Are nurses and doctors being overwhelmed with COVID patients again? No, I wouldn't say overwhelm is the word that I would use for the local situation. In some counties, I would still describe it as sort of trickling in, you know, Marin County, for example. Uh, But San Francisco, which has been largely unscathed, is seeing quite an uptick. Over the last few weeks, unfortunately, we are seeing an increase in COVID numbers again. I talked to a nurse named Liz McCusker at St. Francis Memorial Hospital in downtown San Francisco. And she said, you know, again, they're not overwhelmed, but it is concerning how many patients, COVID patients are showing up and how many COVID patients who are vaccinated, who she is treating. She treated uh, one older man who went down the road of getting his vaccines and unfortunately came in with you know, a violent cough that never got better. Uh, he was 81 and he did he did pass away from COVID after getting his shots. Now that's a super rare situation, but it's happening. He was such a lovely gentleman and say he'd, he'd gone down the path of, you know, having a vaccine and taking care of himself, um, but developed these symptoms and was really very sick. It's just sad to see that again. I think all of these healthcare workers, they're doing what healthcare workers do, which I've seen time and time again throughout the pandemic, which is they're putting on a good face. But I heard in several interviews kind of voices crack. They're tired. They want to move on as badly as all of us. And they're traumatized from seeing so much death and pain and loss. I think what is so hard for these healthcare workers is that this is preventable. If we all would have gotten our vaccines and there were enough vaccines, right, in May and June, if everyone would have stepped up and gotten their vaccine, potentially this Delta wave was avoidable. We would have had enough protection that it wouldn't be taking off like it is right now. Let's talk about some of the hard work to kind of slowly increase vaccination rates. What what kinds of efforts have you seen to try to get more people vaccinated, especially here in the Bay Area? Uh, I went to a vaccine rally in Alameda at a place called Alameda Point Collaborative. It's a, it's a low-income housing complex there. And there was a community farm that's adjacent to the property. And they went all out in terms of decorating with balloons and streamers and there was music playing and barbecue and free ice cream. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a fair. So at that party in Alameda, what did they try to do to actually convince people to get the shot other than just be present and and be festive? So there were folks from the community, kind of community leaders, uh, faith leaders, etc. Folks that are familiar to the residents who kind of mingled among the residents and gently tried to talk to them about, you know, why the vaccine was a good idea. It was very non-confrontational. I listened to a couple of the conversations and, and they were successful in a little bit in terms of getting folks to to get to get their vaccines that day and the vaccines were available on site and you could just sit down and take a couple minutes of your day and, and get your vaccine and continue on with the party. It just feels really nice knowing that I'm contributing to helping the world get a little bit safer. 
Zaria Anderson, it was a really sweet young woman that I talked to. She was 15 years old and she was just beaming after she got her shot. She happens to work at the farm. She works for the for the collaborative. And she said it was just really nice that it came to her. It made it made it easy. And why not till now? Why not get the shot before now? Um, I've been really busy with work, but I was just really busy and it wasn't my first priority because I was already taking the steps to stay safe. What I was struck by was how happy she felt. Like she she had that kind of glow, that relief. And, and she did say that she was excited, that she was no longer going to, uh, you know, be potentially spreading the virus to, to folks that are close to her. It feels good to have this accessible. Roxanne Aikens uh, was there because... I mean, she was she was a little bit skeptical. She said at first she didn't totally trust that the science was there and that she'd been watching the studies and she was especially worried about how the vaccine affected women. The more friends and allies and family that um, start taking it, it was a great inspiration to keep to. okay, let's go ahead and get this done. Right. When you see other people doing it, when you see other people stepping up, it inspires you to go ahead and take care of yourself, too. And does it feel good? I know after mine, I was like... Both the stories of Roxanne and, and Zaria aren't the typical stories you hear, I feel like, about, about people who are hesitant about getting the vaccine. What did you learn from just these two conversations with them about um, outreach and about getting other, other people vaccinated? Public health officials, I talked to several are not focusing on anti-vaxxers, folks who are against vaccines. They're trying to reach people like Zaria and like Roxanne because they're hesitant. They're not quite sure. They might It might not be easy. A lot of people might not know it's free or that they can get it right on the corner or at this party or that people will come to them. And so they're really trying to reach folks in census tracts with the lowest vaccine rates who are on the fence and tip them towards getting the vaccine. So in the end, how successful was this event? They were hoping to get 70 to 90 people vaccinated that day. And unfortunately, they only got 13 people vaccinated. So it's a pretty big demonstration of just how hard this is right now. Leslie, earlier you mentioned how healthcare workers, you know, just like six weeks ago, were relieved because they felt like the worst of the pandemic was over, but now they're having to think about it again. And I imagine that's kind of true for you as a reporter who has been covering the pandemic for so long. How are you feeling about the fact that this is happening again? I'm scared. I mean, I th- I was vaccinated. I was kind of back to normal. I really wasn't doing anything in my life that was particularly unusual. It felt like I could go into people's houses and I could go out and I could party and I could have dinner parties, etc. And I have been completely sobered over the last couple of weeks of reporting in the sense that the Delta variant is a different beast and I need to treat it like a different beast. And as hard as that is and as kind of tiring as it is to do the things that I thought we were done, you know, I'm wearing my mask and I'm doing it again. Yeah. I can't help to think about that event in Alameda where just about a dozen people got their vaccine when they were really hoping for, for dozens, for 70 to 90 people. It, are, are people hopeful that that we can make this happen, that more people can be vaccinated, that enough people can be vaccinated? I would say that public health officials have not lost hope. 
They are an incredibly resilient group of people, and they're out there day and night trying to get the vaccine rates to rise. And they haven't given up. And I would say, you know, we've seen the last few days, vaccine rates are starting to go up. And so what they're doing is potentially working or fear is working. It's slow and it's arduous, but it's happening. Leslie, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. This week, seven Bay Area counties and the city of Berkeley issued new public health orders that say you have to wear a mask indoors in public places, even if you're vaccinated. The two Bay Area counties that didn't join in issuing the new order are Napa County and Solano County. Leslie McClurg is reporter for KQED Science. This episode was edited and mixed by Erica Cruz Guevara and Alan Montecilio. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it from us to you. Talk to you later. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.